You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Hello and welcome to All to Play For, a brand new show brought to you by Joe and Coral. I'm Tom Davis, and every week I'm going to be here with England, Chelsea, Liverpool, Lille, Tampa Bay, and most importantly, West Ham icon, my guy, Joe Cole. Yes, Joe, how you doing, mate? Yes, big man, how are you? Great to see you. Good to see you. Remotely, lockdown, we can't be in a studio together. So, so we're doing this through modern technology, mate. It's hard working. It. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people out there suffering. So we'll we'll suffer a little bit this dodgy Wi-Fi until we meet again, and we'll have a lovely studio. I'll make the best cup of tea in East London, and we'll we'll have it right off, big man. Your your tea making skills are legendary. They they run from Canning Town all the way out to South End. People talk about Joe Cole's tea. They, it's, it's all in the um, the prep. I've got to tell you because. When I used to work on the fruit and vegetables with my dad back in the days, like that was my job, making the teas. So from a young age, I've been bang on it. Teapot or no teapot, I can, I can vary it, but mate, I'm, I'm the top man at teas. Did you have that when you, when you first started playing? Because obviously the times have changed, the game's changed now. When you were first playing the, playing the game and you first came in as a, as a youth player, did you have to do, were you making teas for the players and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it was so different. Like, by the end of your career, you have a chef travelling with you on the coach, like, proper meals, like, and everything. But at the start, I remember one of my first games at West Ham, I was travelling with a team, and we was away at Anfield. I can't remember how old I was. I might have been even 15 or 16, as like a bit of experience. And my job, 15 minutes towards the end, was to slip off to the to the nearest chip shop and get the order in, fish and chips, like, <laughs> 20 cotton chips wow. for the whole team. Like... <laughs> You know, come straight on. The lads had the beers on the back of the coach, cracking on, playing cards and having the fish and chips. Like, And then towards the end, the lads are in their recovery pants, having their smoothies, stretching out, <laughs> waiting for the next game. So my career saw the, all of it from Razor Ruddock to like some of the most professional, proper athletes with not an ounce of fat on them. And, you know, it's the way the game is at the moment. Isn't it? That's, that's, that's a fascinating thing, though. That's one of the things that, you know, when me and you would, would sit and chat, like when, when we were at Soccerway together. And one of the things I loved, though, Joe, is that your career did transcend. You've, you're, you're of that gender. And also, I guess, from playing from West Ham to then when you were, you know, at Chelsea or Liverpool, you, it did go from that's a mad thing to think you, you went through those ages of, you know, when you were, so you were West Ham, it would have been Bish, Moncur, and all those guys, Ruddock, do you know what I mean? That sort of, to, to then go in and all of a sudden mm. you're playing with, these international stars are playing with Drogba, Makaleli. You know that, that's a crazy thing to think of, isn't it? Yes, it is. And and like you know me, mate. I, I love I love West Ham, and you know just it, looking back now, it was it was insane. Like the, the way Premier League clubs, you can't fathom it. Like you had like Monday to Wednesday, there were lads coming in selling you like jackets and dodgy briefcases. And, <laughs> I mean, at one day, I remember the butcher coming into the training ground. The media were allowed in just strolling around the, the place. Like you had, you had, you had free bobble hats for the whole squad. So if you didn't get in early and it was cold, you couldn't have a little hat to wear. It was just so basic, but in a good way. And the camaraderie. And that was the reason I signed as a kid, because I remember going and playing for the under 13s and, we finished our game and then as we was leaving the changing room, there was like, like you said, Bishop, Morley, uh, Monker, like walking in into the changing room to, to use our changing room and then you'd have a chat with them and we was watching them the day before in the Premier League. So it felt like a really tight unit and and then you sort of ended up, you know, you fall in love with the, with the, uh, 
the way the club is and, and it just, it was just a special time. And then you, you realize that creating great players, great players consistently over them years is, you just think it would always happen. And then it, it stopped, you know, and yeah. some great people were at the club that time, but, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Yeah, I think most West Ham fans would agree. When you came through, you felt like sort of nothing we'd we'd ever really sort of seen for a long time. And even at the time in the game, there you you just sort of I think you know what was lovely when we played at Soccer Aid. I remember standing at the back with John Bishop and watching you when you came on. And there was incredible guys: Andy Coles, there, Emil Heskey, Gareth Bale. They're brilliant, amazing players. But when you came on and played, you you. You you felt like you were still like like playing in the street with your mates, like you were you were doing these little tricks and you were going past people. Yeah. And I remember just, and I think it was it was someone else was standing there. Maybe it was Wes Brown, and we were all just like, he still plays with such enjoyment. Do you know what I mean? Not that the others didn't. It just felt there like was just saying more like, hmm. I guess, just more natural about the whole way you were just sort of almost like a street footballer. Yeah, well, like, that's what I was, mate. And you know how I you know I played a career adjusted my, my stuff because. My dad wasn't a big football fan, so I didn't actually play for a, a team a, a team until I was nearly 11. You know, any team, Sunday league or anything, which is un, unheard of nowadays. You know, my, my little boy's been playing since he was, since he was six. So I was a street footballer. I am a street footballer, you know, and, and, and as you go up and I was lucky enough to win, win trophies and, and play it for England at the highest level. And I got, I wrestled with this part of me that's like, you know, that, that loves the beauty of the game and loves, you know, like a street footballer, like, like, it recognises that it's entertainment, you know, and then also there's a part of me that just, there's a, like, a devil in me that wants to win at all costs. So I managed to win things and win trophies and fit within a team, but there was always a part of me, you know, that that uh, was, always, I'm a street footballer at heart, you know, the, uh, and I always will be. And I, I mean, I still play now. I, I play for Sunday League and I'm waiting for, you know, you, 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 you've got the number nine shirt waiting for you, big man. There's a, there's a, we've got, a, we've got, we got enough, we, we got Terry up front. I'll give him a little shout out here. He's the same dimensions as you. And it's going to be, we've got a long throw as well. We cause chaos. We cause chaos. Right. Anyone who think Joe Cole's Sunday league team will start to be playing out the back. We are long ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'm all up for that. I'll tell you what, now the deals, these hit, I will need to get ready for soccer aid. Mark two for me, 2021. I'm coming back with the, with the Joe Cole way. I remember seriously one of the highlights of my career, and I've done a lot of good stuff in my career. When you passed me the ball one day in training, and it was like, well, genuinely, even then, I was, I remember just Paddy McGuinness behind me, and I was just a ball, it's a mad story. Ball comes to me, Joe Cole's passed it, and I'm like, I can't, I just got a ball from Joe Cole, and then Paddy just smashed through the back at me, put me up in the air. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I'd love to come and come and play for the old vets team. So, Joe, podcast time. Do you want to tell people what they're going? To, what we've got some great stuff in store for them. What What are the listeners going to get here, Joe? I'm excited about this. I'm a I'm a big fan of podcasts. I love I love listening to all the football ones. We're going to get some great guests. Um, we're going to do it every Thursday, uh, remotely at first. You know, so this is this is what it is. But what, mate? We're in the studios. Get some football people in. Have a chat about football try and give the fans a little insight into how it was, how it is, and just generally have a good time, mate. It's a chat. I mean, you, you go into these things, don't you? A little bit blind, but we'll, we'll have a right go, won't we? We'll have a go. <laughs> we could have a, we'll have oh, a look, good time. It's, a, it's like a team talk, Joe. I feel empowered now. I feel ready to go. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking, good. I, lo- I love the stories of the game. I like the peek behind the curtain. Because as a fan, they're the things sometimes you don't hear about, you don't see. I'm looking forward to, to, to chatting to people and, and hearing those stories sort of first hand. 
Yeah, and it's, it's, do you know what, Tom? When it's when it's a chat like this, and when you get a footballer on, and it's comfortable, do you know what I mean? And like, you, you, you get to get to know a little bit more of the person, don't you? So yeah. I love this format. I love podcasts, and hopefully we'll have a well, not hopefully we're gonna have some great guests on, and nothing. The one we got today is unbelievable, mate. There's no better way to start it than with this guy. Probably for me, the greatest England number nine of all time. I love this man. I travel around the world watching him wearing that number nine. He was, he's an incredible player, incredible man. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Alan Shearer. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you. Yeah, all well, good. That was a nice introduction. Thanks very much. <laughs> Mate, uh, and I, I mean, it, it, I still, I, I know obviously I'm mates with Joe, no Joe, but it's still the only thing I get really giddy when I meet footballers. I still like, you know, in, in, even in this business. And for me, yeah, you, you were, you were an absolute guy back in the day, man. Which like, I was there in, for all the 96, 98 and, uh, yeah. yeah, happy, happy memories. They were great times, great, uh, great competition to, uh, to play as well. I was there, mate. I, I tell you, my, for my 14th birthday, I got, my mum and dad got me the free group games and then we was, we were going on my first holiday afterwards. So we, I've done the free group games and after the, what was the last one? It was Holland, weren't it? And yeah, I come Holland, home yeah. and my mum and dad was like, I was like, mum, I want to stay for the, got to stay for the quarterfinals. It's like, I was having the best time in my life. <laughs> and, um, she said, no, they booked a holiday to Disney. Like most 14 year olds would be like buzzing with it. And I was like proper brat. Like, I don't want to go. <laughs> She's like, you don't, I've booked this holiday for you. And you 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 want to go and watch England? I was like, it's Euro '96, mum. It was the greatest tournament. I was right behind the goal. Seaman made the pen, and then Gaza went and scored against Scotland oh. at the other end. Oh, best moment of my career. Great days, great days. I was 16, and it was like I think that that tournament was just like it felt like everything. I mean, you were I mean, and you were right front and center of that, Alan. I mean, like getting straight into the we were coming up to International Week, and and for me. And, and probably I'd say you, Joe, as a fan, that you, nothing's ever bettered that not for me that feeling of '96. I mean, what was it like to be involved in that? It was uh, it was just unbelievable. I mean, considering the pressure we were under because of what happened in uh, in China and Hong Kong with the uh, with the the infamous dentist chair and all of that, and I hadn't scored for uh, for nearly two years playing for uh, for England, so there was a bit of pressure on really. But and and the best bit of uh, man management ever, really, to uh, towards me was from Terry Venables when he said to me before the tournament that uh, whatever uh, whatever happens in China and Hong Kong in the friendly games, that I would be starting that first game in uh, in Euro '96, and I just thought, wow, for that for the manager to have that amount of belief in me, even though I hadn't scored for England for such a long time. That I had to sort of repay him, and thankfully I scored in that in the first game uh, against Switzerland. And then, um, and then against Scotland, and then against Holland, and eventually uh, finished the tournament top scorer. So, well, uh, a lot of that was down to the uh, the great man management skills of uh, of Terry Venables. When did you first get into the squad, there, Joe? Because you were young. I mean, I'm, I'm a, obviously a massive West Ham fan. So, Alan, like we were talking about Joe Cole as the saviour. He was like the second coming for us. Do you know what I mean? Joe is a West Ham fan. All you knew about was this kid was coming through the youth ranks. And we were just like, I'll oh, wait till he comes. And But when did you first come? When were you first in with that England team? What age were you? Well, it's a funny story. Well, I got, I, I think it was my, my first squad or my first time I trained with them. So Bisham Abbey and Al was in there. Like, And I've walked in. I've got on the coach for the first day. And there's, there's Al sitting there. There's Tony Adams. Like these lads that I was, were my heroes. Tony Adams, like the United boys, your Beckhams. And Incy was there. Like from... 
you know, these, these boys are, were on a pedestal for me. So we went training and they, everyone was great with me, you know, young kid. And then after training, before the days of like, you know, iPhones and computer games and everything, like it was like, it's literally in your room. So someone said to me, do you play golf? So I've got a, I just looked at it on telly for that looks pretty simple. I went, yeah, yeah, I'll play a bit of golf. I'd never even seen a golf club, like a lad from Kentish town. There's no grass anywhere. So I thought I'll go. And then they've all turned up and they've all got all the gear on and all that. Ours turned up with all these clubber and the, their own clubs and all that. Oh, they look a bit serious, these boys. So anyway, we've gone out, I've gone out to the first tee. I've never held a golf club before, but I've flagged it so far. I just didn't want to sit in my room by myself. So I've gone out to the first tee and they're all behind me. And I've just gone, whoosh, air shot, air shot. I've done about four air shots. Then I shanked it into the trees. And it turned around and they're all just pissing themselves, laughing at me. And by the second, no, I just ended up caddying for them. But it was, it was a great experience. I'm, I'm still no better at golf now. You know, no, it's just like, you know, imagine the pressure as a 17 year old. You've got Shearer, Adams, Ince looking at you. And I've never even held a golf club before. I remember standing behind that first tee when you were there and uh, having your hair shot and we're all uh, laughing our heads off. But, uh, don't worry, we've all been there. We've all done that. Don't worry on that uh, on that on that first tee. I think that was in that was around nineteen ninety nine, something like that. What year was your debut, Joe, for England? No, I reti- that was ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, was it? Because I retired in uh, in two thousand. Uh, two thousand. Do you know what? I think it was mate. I think it was the Germany game when we lost. So I was in the squad. Right, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't training. So I'd been chosen in the squad, but I didn't get on the bench until the Finland game. But I remember because Keegan retired that game, didn't he? So I was like, I've come down from the stands, and um, and Keegan's come out the uh, come out the change room, the old Wembley, and he's going, I'm quitting, and I'm like, what's going on here? And he was being followed around by all the media guys because he was going to go and I think he quit on the telly straight away, and I was like, what's happening here? Like, like. And then you had, I, I vaguely remember Tony Adams trying to talk him out of it. And just like, it was like, what an introduction to international football. Shanking on the golf tee first. <laughs> and then that big Germany game where we got beat. And, um, I thought, wow, it's good. Is it going to be always as dramatic as this? But, um, mate, I just, yeah, it was a, it was a proper, like, it was as a youngster, it was an amazing experience. Because what, what, what happened? Was with the, with the youngsters coming into the? I think it was Terry Venables that actually started it in uh, in his in his time. Is that yeah. anyone that was shown bits of promise? And as you said, the word was out already about a young, great Joe Cole who was showing great potential and was going to be this uh, this fantastic player. What Terry did uh, back in in the day was bring those kids in, like Rio Ferdinand, bring those up, and Glenn Hoddle did exactly the same, and bring them into the squad yeah. and just have let them get a. A, a taste of of what it's uh, what it's like. So when you eventually do get in the squad, it's not this this huge thing as when you're walking around, you're seeing all these players who are all you've ever seen on on TV, and it's and it's 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 too nerve wracking for the young players. So they got the young players in and let them have a little bit of a training and a, and a walk around and get a feel of it. So it wasn't as huge when they when they did eventually get into the uh, into the squad. I mean, I was exactly the same as you, Joe, when I when I made my debut in. 1992. I mean, I was a lot young. I was I was a lot older. I should say I was 21. So walking into an England 
dressing room or an England squad. And when I was at Southampton at the time, and you walk in and I'm seeing the likes of Gary Lineker, who all he'd ever seen was his, his finishing top scorer in mm. World Cups and played and, and being hugely successful wherever. So it's no, I was exactly the same as, as anyone coming into the England squad for the, uh, for the very first time. And you can understand why it might take some players a little bit of time to to adapt and to adjust and get used to that uh, get used to that feeling. So moving on to like the England team now, uh, lads, and and where we're where I mean, we're, it's it's a weird thing as well when you talk about how England squads work over time, and and you'll have like an, it seems like as England an England fan, you have an embarrassment of riches in certain areas. I remember when you were playing, Joe, you you had those sort of sort of centre midfield. We had a real glutton of. I remember chatting to Wes Brown about centre-backs when he was coming through and he was like, you know, there was four or five amazing guys. Any other time, Wes would be, you know, he's winning everything for United but he's got JT, he's got Rio, he's got Ledley in front of him uh, and now it feels like we're, we're <clears> at a time we've got an incredible amount of right-backs um, yeah. but also we've sort of now got this, we've all of a sudden we've mm. got Mount, Grealish, Foden all coming through, um, uh, James Madison at Leicester so mm. sort of I mean, Joe, I guess these, these guys feel like you as players, right? They're sort of sit that similar sort of role to you when you when you came in as a as a young England player. Where do you both see? Who do you see out of those four? Say we'll pick those four. Who do you see as the guy where you're like, I like him. Oh. He's he's well. See them them boys like the way the, the modern footballer like it, it sort of it changes the game evolves the game's definitely changed. If you you know you you only have to watch games from the, the early nineties to the late nineties to the two thousands two thousand, and now we've got a glut of players. Like Mount Foden, Madison, Grealish, Barkley, Barkley, yeah, like great, like people. You just forget them. Loftus Cheek, you know these mm. these sort of guys who play in the pocket, and because that's how they've been brought up on this academy system. Because we went more continental, and I think it will help us in the long run. I mean, my my thing with with all of them is does at least three of them have to be on the pitch out of the, the four or the six I mentioned at all times? Because so many times, and I will say to you. We, we fell down, uh, certainly in my era, you know, under Sven and McLaren and Capello, like where we didn't have enough nous to control the ball, take the ball in, in tight areas and, and get play through the lines, you know, and we was a bit one dimensional and we, we, we sort of, so I think having them four and above, imagine you pick Grealish up, go back in time, put him on the pitch in that semi-final against Croatia when we was under the cosh a little bit, we were tired, um, you know, the, the front men weren't really getting hold of it and the Croatian mid- midfield started to dominate. If you'd put Grealish in that midfield there for that 30, 40 minutes and he'd have drove us up the pitch, won some free kicks, you know, being able to receive the ball and we'd have got a bit more possession. I think just the, the problem's always been keeping possession and then big moments. And I think we've now got players technically capable of doing it. I don't know what Al thinks. I mean, but I think that's where we're going now. Yeah, the, the problem. Uh, I say it's not a problem. I mean, it's a great, it's a good thing to uh, to have. You've got so many options. You've got so many technically gifted uh, gifted players, uh, and the ones that you have mentioned. The, the issue that they've got is is that Harry Kane is definitely going to play. The form that Rashford's in, the form that Sterling's in, then. Mm. Those guys are are also going to play. So yeah. how do you how do you get how do you fit all of these players in? I mean, I think I've heard Gareth say Jack Grealish. I mean, he's having an unbelievable season. Some of the we I sit I sit there in the match of the day office on Saturdays and Sundays and watch him and 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 he's 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 having a whale of a time. He's is is enjoying his football so much. But I think Gareth has actually said who, who he's up against in trying to get into the uh, into the team. 
Um, I mean, you've got Henderson, who was who had. A, I mean, look at the season that Jordan Henderson had for yeah, yeah. for Liverpool last season. You you uh, West Ham boys with Declan Rice in that uh, in that midfield as well. So where do you where do you fit yeah. these guys in? And that's the issue that Gareth has, has got, and he's got he's got to find a way and got to find a balance that that you can get at least one, maybe two of the technically gifted players in there because you, you're right. I mean that. They're exceptional players, and um, but it, it, for Gareth, it's a great problem to have. Because I mean, for me as well, it, it, the amount that he's that Foden now, like I mean, I, I watched the, the West Ham game when we played them, and he completely he came on, he changed the game for me. He 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 looks like now that Pep's gone right. You, this is your time, and and I guess there's a thing, isn't there, where I, I look at I look at Declan. If I'm honest with you, I had sleepless nights all over the summer because <laughs> Declan is Declan going to go to Chelsea, and and uh, you know. I remember when Joe came through. I remember when Rio came through, and and I will say Declan is he's the real deal, man. I mean, he's we all, but if you see him week in week out, and I think his games actually got better this season. I think going forward, and actually like with Suet next to him distributing the boys. But if you sort of look at that and you think guys like I suppose Declan, Madison, Grealish, they're going to play every week for those teams. Foden almost before you're going. Well, he's at Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not play all the time because he's got this guy, this guy. And now you look at him, you think, well, actually, now he's playing for City and he looks like he might almost be... He, uh, for me, he could come out of this season being their best player. But do you think for you, could Foden be that guy? Or, or would you? Would, are you leaning more towards Greenwich? And then for me as well, Mount feels like, yeah. you know, he, he's... He, I think whenever I watch Chelsea now, I'm like, Mount seems to... Every time Mason seems to get a challenge, he raises up to that guy. Like, you, you sign two players, like, essentially who can sit in his position this season and some people's head's going to go down. feels like Mason's just gone, well, no, I'm better than these guys. I can up the game up and I can change my game up a bit. But it feels, certainly feels with uh, with Phil Ford and that, um, that, that with um, David Silva leaving Manchester City that, I mean, Pep has been saying it for a while that this this young boy has got some uh, some talent and, and rightly so and he's, he's certainly having more game time this year which is only going to benefit England and I mean, there's no doubt the ability that uh, that all of these players have uh, have, have got. Uh, the problem is, is that fitting them and, and getting them into the uh, into the England team in a system that suits the team. Coral are actually running odds on who's going to start England's first game in the Euros next summer versus Sweden. Uh, we've got Phil Foden is coming in at six to four on Mason Mount at six to five on James Madison is eleven to ten. Jack Grealish is six to four. I mean, Joe, what are you making of that, mate? Mate, I think Jack Grealish is a is a great bet. The way he's the way he's performing, the way if he carries on the way he's going, uh, he could be PFA Player of the Year. And it's, how hard would it be then to not start him? He's scoring goals, he's making goals, he's been a he's he's just a monster when he picks the ball up and drives with it. Mate, Jack Grealish that is a great price. Because I think the most difficult bit in a way is is even if you push it back to that back line as well. I think because you, I mean. Reese James coming through. You must have seen him at Chelsea when he was coming through. I think he looks great, Reese. Right, obviously Trent, uh, Carl Walker. There's an embarrassment of riches. At, at, at the young lad now at Brighton. He looks incredible. He's you know, Lampty, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Wambasaka. So all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is for me. At times you think, who when you look at that? I mean, Carl Walker's at times it's like he's been pushed into that centre back position a little bit for for City at times of the way they're playing a little, you know. Pace can get you out of problems, but who, who would you look at that centre back pairing? Who would be for the both of you? Who would you be looking at there for the centre back? Well, I think that's the toughest one for me, mm. big man. Um, 
I like Kyle Walker on the right side of a centre of a free for England. I think you know Trent has to play, but then Reese James I think has the potential to be better than better than both of them. You know, potential. But I've seen him close up and defence like in terms of the full package, defensively and attacking, he's incredible. But Trent's incredible. Kyle Walker's incredible player. Trippier, we don't even mention him. No, oh, well, yeah, yeah. I'll have to yeah. leave this one to Al. He, he's played against it. I mean, Al, this is probably a better question for Al. If you're playing against England's back three, wh- who would you think w- would give you the most troubles as centre half? And don't say none of them. I know you. Probably <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no, well, I, I think I think there lies the issue in that in in the, in those uh, positions. But if we if we go, we've just been through we've been through the uh, the midfield guys and spoiled for choice of some unbelievable players in there going forward when you look at who we've got we've got Kane and Rashford and uh, and Sancho Sterling Calvert-Lewin Tammy Abraham guys who aren't in the squad you've got I know Danny Ings uh, Greenwood who's going to be an unbelievable player Callum Wilson if he continues scoring goals so got all those players we've mentioned the uh, we've mentioned the right backs I think the the issue for me is 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 in that centre half position. I mean, it looks as if we might go with uh, with three centre halves. And as I've already mentioned, in Gomez, it, hopefully his injury is not too bad. Harry Maguire, we've got uh, we've got in there, and also the issue in uh, in 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 goal as well, which is which is what we've got. So so many very very good players in attacking positions, but right in that middle of the spine defensively and in the goalkeeping position, I think there lies the uh, one or two issues that England have got. And Gareth's got. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Do you, Joe? Were you at, um, was Declan at um, Chelsea when you were at Chelsea? Was he a young kid there? No, no he's actually. I, I trained with him when I was in America on the off season. I went back to West Ham and they let yeah. me train with a youth team. And straight away, like when you see a young player with class, you know, not just on the pitch. He had that. He had that something off the pitch where he was he was like he was asking me. I walked in. He was asking me questions. Um, you know, he, he was engaging. And he and when he trained, he trained at hundred percent, you know. So I actually, I actually sort of played against him. So I would have been thirty six right my last season. I was getting fit for the last season, so I went in and trained with him. And he was probably one of the reasons I thought I could have got knocked this on the head. I got this seventeen year old <laughs> kid at West Ham who was just trampling all over me. I couldn't get on the ball. He was brilliant. So um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a great lad. I mean, he's one. I, I think whether he plays in the back three or plays in the midfield, I yeah. think he's. He's got the personality and the quality to play for England. I think, mm. and the personality is just as important as the quality. I would tell you because so many good players are, of my genre, my era, who were brilliant at club level, and they went and put an England shirt on, and just something, it, it was just too big for him. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it, that will not affect Deck. He, he will, he will rise, he'll rise to the occasion every time he pulls that shirt on. That would be my next question for you both, in a sense, like. How how much do you think like talking about sort of someone like like Declan, where if you're turning up to an England squad and you know Declan, you know West Ham are playing okay, but you know there's going to be a ceiling that you're going to hit at West Ham. How much of that, where you know he's he's there with you know Rashford or whoever else, the Chelsea boys, the United boys, the Liverpool boys, the City boys are all playing in the Champions League and they're going to Juventus or they're going to Real Madrid to play. For both of you guys, when you're playing for England, Alan, when you're at Southampton, Joe, when you're at West Ham, when you're going to play for England and the people around you are talking about these massive games that they're playing in, does that have an impact on you as a player? Do you then go, you know what, I love West Ham or I love Southampton, but I, I want a bit of that. Does, does that, and do you think then that hand, you know, hand in hand almost goes with being able to meet the expectations of playing for England? 
Well, I, I think it, that all depends on how and what West Ham do. If 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 West Ham improve and start and climb the table, uh, and then spend money on uh, on bringing quality players in, and then he sees Declan sees himself as having a chance as being successful there, then obviously that might uh, that might keep him there. But so long as he's playing the way he is, as long as he's going into England squads and, and watching all these players, there's, there's going to be interest in him because he's he's a fantastic uh, he's a fantastic player, and eventually that will come down to him personally. He'll he'll make that decision because he'll know that the big clubs are are chasing him, and and he probably will be prepared to pay a huge fee to uh, to get him out of there. So he'll uh, he'll control that in terms of and West Ham how successful or not they're going to be. Mate, I know you won't like to hear it, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big thing. I remember going going, going away with England, and um, you know, at West Ham, we had good seasons, we had not so good seasons. I finished fifth and seventh, and then sixteenth, and we ended up getting relegated. With a, you know, so it was sort of taken out of my hands a little bit. The club needed yeah. the money to sell me, but you do look over there and you get a little bit of green with envy because you want to be playing in the Champions League. You want to be competing for trophies, and it just depends. I was right. It depends on what West Ham do, how they how they kick on this year, what the plan is, and you know. But he will be. He's. A, I know he's a boy that is ambitious. So West Ham have to match. He's that important for the club now. West Ham have to match his ambitions if they're going to keep hold of him because he's 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 easily the he's easily the best player down there, isn't he, big man? I mean, I watch him every game, and he's he's been brilliant right away, right from the start. Yeah, he is. I mean, I always say when it comes to it, Joe, and I think um, I remember when when we got relegated, and that was an incredible team we had that season. Uh, you know, you sort of an embarrassment of riches really to go down. But as you go older, you sort of like you enjoy the people when they're there. You know, I remember being devastated when you you left and Rio, you know, whatever. Mm. But you sort of you know when pay it when you're like you know you just enjoy those moments in the sun. You know that it might come around every now and again. You sort of you, there's a mm. few, and with Declan. You know, you you like anything. You know, you realise that ambition is a massive thing, and if if the club aren't going to match that, and the people around him aren't going to match that, you bear him no malice to go go on, mate. Go and yeah, because I I genuinely believe when, with him he can go to the very very top of the game. Um, so yeah. I don't want to start crying, lads, so let's just move on. <laughs> Positivity, big man. Positivity. It, it could be with West Ham. You just dropped the tone there. You've gone very sombre. Come on, West Ham. <laughs> oh, this, in my head, all I had playing was, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Now, do you know the nation's biggest football fan? Coral on the lookout for the most dedicated fan going. Each month, Alan Shearer will select a winner to receive £1,000 to spend on football experiences of their choice. And at the end of the season, he'll choose the ultimate winner who will receive £10,000 to fuel their passion for the game. Head to footballfanoftheyear.co.uk to enter yourself or nominate someone. Al, what kind of stuff would you like to see from the fans? Uh, Jules in your way and taking their shoes off. What, what makes a great fan for you, Alan, and in, and you as well, Joe? What makes a great fan? Well, for, for it's it's someone who's passionate about their football club. It's it's someone who couldn't who hasn't missed a game, whether that be at home or whether they prefer to uh, to travel away. Um, who sticks with their football club, whether they uh, win or uh, or lose, can be how long they've been a, a, a fan for. So yeah, you put all of those things into the uh, into the mix. I think, but the one thing, the one thing 
that has come out of uh, of this year in lockdown is how important fans are because it's um, it's certainly not the game that we're used to without having fans in the stadium. And no. uh, if people didn't appreciate fans, then they certainly should do now. Yeah, no, well said, Al. I, I, I think, bang on, I think that's a massive. What we've gone through now without the fans in the stadium, you know, you realise they ain't, they ain't customers. They ain't, um, you know, they're not, it's such a strange business that they, they are such an integral part of the show. The, you know, because yeah. it's show business, not show business, but it's entertainment, isn't it, a football? And people want to go down, they want to be entertained and they want to have a great time with their friends. So I think coming out of this, what we've gone through, I think, I think the fans need to be looked after better by the clubs in terms of yeah. pricing, in terms of, you know, communication and what's going on. Because it is their club, the fans. And, and it's right. The people that go home and away, you know, with their, with their team and they go and they support them through thick and thin. I mean, and, you know, without, without fans, it's, it's, it's a lesser game. And, yeah. and the clubs now, I think, are recognising that. And, and, and hopefully that can be a positive coming out of this. Right, you're listening to All To Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Right now, I can't do this conversation without a cheer about without talking about Harry Kane. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're obviously a big, big fan. I mean, he when I first saw Harry play and come through, he felt, he felt. I mean, you were literally. I mean, I mean, I you know don't want to blow too much smoke up your ass, Alan, but you felt for me like coming through. You you literally scored every kind of goal. You're in, even for when you played Blackburn or playing for Newcastle watching you, you were just literally, you were just a, a goal machine, weren't you? And then Harry feels for me the closest in a way to sort of how you played, I guess, that sort of classical number nine. Obviously a big fan. How, how highly do you rate him? Oh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his and he hasn't had it all his own way either. He had to go out and learn and, and do the, do it the hard way. Um, it hasn't all been handed on a plate for him. So he's had to work at it. Uh, and you can tell he's worked at it because, uh, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's deadly. Uh, if you want him, I mean, you're seeing more of it now, perhaps this season, um, but coming deeper, bringing other people into the game, the yeah. number of, of assists that he's, uh, that he's got. Mm. It hasn't affected his goal scoring because he's still putting the ball in the, uh, in the back of the net. So yeah, I'm, uh, without that, I'm, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of his. Al, oh, you scored 260 good Premier League goals. The record, I mean, do you know what people, I don't know if people will remember, but you had two massive injuries, didn't you? You know, was it one or two with a knee? At three, Joe. Three, yeah. See, see, people, and you think the amount of goals you scored and with them injuries as well. And I almost remember, you know, like all great players, you changed the game as you got older. And I remember you, when you're at Southampton coming through, like and Blackburn, on the shoulders, like you was, your, your body shape was different. You was like, you was running in behind, scoring... You scored all types of goals, and then you you know you had your injury, your, your layoffs, and then you've developed and you become like a even more of a target man and playing within the you know. So yeah. do you see that with Harry? Like I think he's got that. What great players have got, you know, even though he's had a few injuries, Harry, nothing too major, but he's he's adjusted his game slightly. There's less there's less mobility, but he's you're right. He's even more deadly, and I think I think the great players, the Ryan Giggses, the ones with longevity, Al. Mm. You know, and Harry Kane are put in that bracket. They can change their game. But I had a big knee injury at 29, and I wasn't able to get to the heights that I was before. I couldn't adjust my game as much. It, it was a bit. It continued off, but 
I mean, what I suppose what I'm trying to say is, do you see do you see a difference in Harry Kane from maybe even two years ago? Is it like a maturity to his game? Yeah, I think he's always had it. He's always had this this game where he's he could play as a uh, as a number ten, but we're, we're perhaps recognising it more now because of who he's playing with. I mean, the, the and I mean, Josie has gone in there, and I heard it. I heard it be said that Harry would struggle to score goals in the uh, in the Tottenham team with the, with the way Jose plays. I mean, he's, he's, he looks to be better than ever. Yeah. Uh, and the system that they're playing gives him the freedom to yeah. to do and go anywhere, basically. If he wants to be on the left or the right, he can do that. Come deep, you've seen him do that and, and turning and, and pinging those balls in uh, in behind. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I lost a, a yard of pace as well. I had the three serious injuries. I had a cruciate injury when I was... Um, 21-22, that kept me out for seven months. I had I uh, broke my ankle, displaced my ankle joint when I was 26-27, when I just a year after I'd signed for Newcastle. And then I did my tendon in my uh, in my left knee, uh, knee that kept me out for another six or seven months. And yeah, the first injury wasn't a problem. I never lost any pace and still was, was reasonably quick. Second injury wasn't too bad at all. Um, but the third after the third one, I knew I was... Um, I'd lost a half a yard or a yard of pace and had to adjust my uh, my game and change my game slightly. But the good thing, the good thing about uh, being a centre forward is, is that goals can mask poor performances. I mean, you can have an absolute shocking game for eighty-nine or ninety minutes and score goals, score the winning goal in the last minute and be named man of the match. Uh, and although my goal scoring record wasn't as good as it was in my uh, in the early part of my twenties, I was still getting a few goals, which um, which helped me stay at uh, at that particular level. So, um, and, and I think Harry's got the mobility, he's got the nous, and without doubt, he's got the ability to still do that for a number of years yet, yeah, definitely. So you've had that record for a long, long. I mean, that's an incredible feat in itself to have had that record for as long as you've had it you know I mean it's that's just testament to what an incredible player you were but Harry Kane's now I think he's two to one with Coral to break that that incredible record that you've got and and do you I mean do you fancy him the obviously to 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 take that to take that mantle yeah I do I think he's he's got a great he's got a great opportunity to uh to do that now um what is he 27 um so yeah, uh, what is he? A hundred and I think he's a hundred and ten behind. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. a little bit, maybe a bit less. Um, so yeah, he's got a brilliant opportunity if he stays uh, if he stays free from serious injury over the next few years, then he'll have a brilliant opportunity to uh, to do that. Do I want him to do it? Um, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> no, there must be a part. Be honest, of you. Al. There must be, be a, Alan, There must be a part of you when it comes to the transfer window. You're like, go on, mate, just sign for Real Madrid. Go, go, go. <laughs> but there's the whole part of it. Yeah, no, no, no strikers want anyone to beat their goal record. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is an honest show, all right? This is an honest show. I've had it. I've had it for a while. I've had it for a while. So it's gonna, it's gonna go one day. So if it's gonna go, then I would. Uh, it'll go to someone who's got unbelievable ability and is a nice lad. And Harry is that definitely. So he's he's got a great opportunity. Yeah. It's it's a mad thing to think how long that st- stood and I mean I guess that's the, if I'm honest with you I thought Harry would I, I had a feeling I thought he up until Mourinho really I thought I always felt that sort of like the Italian game the Spanish game whether he'd make that move could Tottenham sort of like not winning anything mate you know and 
whether that was going to be a sort of thing of and it, I mean they they've come out of this this season Tottenham I, I, they, you know and as a West Ham fan it hurts me to say it <laughs> they look <laughs> they look pretty far on do you know what I mean him son Bale sort of coming to fruition they've they've got a couple of other players there and yeah, yeah. I mean I'm fingers crossed Alan I'd like you to be the um, I'd like you to always have that record because it makes <laughs> me feel young. <laughs> well, I don't feel young, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what makes me feel old is I had Joe Cole's number, like name and number on the back of my shirt, and he's younger than I am. Like, I, I'm like, Declan is half my age and I idolise him. <laughs> we had, uh, talking about talking about feeling uh, feeling young or feeling old, I, um, Eddie and Ketia had just, has just broken my under-21 Goal scoring record that is, I don't know, stood for uh, probably 30 years, maybe. Um, so I text him, uh, text him a couple of weeks ago just after he'd, uh, he'd broken it and say, Congratulations and, uh, and well done and good luck in the future. And I got a nice message back of him. And then, uh, I saw in the, uh, in the newspapers the, uh, the next morning he said uh, someone had, uh, had asked him about, um, Alan Shearer and what it would felt like to break his record, and, and I'd, he'd said, "Yeah, I'd seen a few old video clips of Alan Shearer, so that did make me feel old." <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that I had the first one the other day, big man. I did, I did something for charity. I went to like a youth centre, and I'm talking to all these young kids, about eight, nine boys and girls. And this one little girl come up to me and said to me, oh, "Are you Joe Carr?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "Uh." You was my nan's favourite player. <laughs> my goodness, how old am I? Even I'm getting old now. Like, nan's favourite player. Not even a housewife's favourite. The nan's. It's a weird <laughs> one with you, Joe, as well. Is it's like so? When I said I was doing this, I was doing a podcast with Joe Allen. I was telling some like, family members and friends, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing a podcast with Joe Cole." And people still go to you from West Ham or whatever and from Essex where they go what little Joe Cole and I'm like he's like <laughs> he's a 39 year old man now no, but people yeah. still have that thing because I think you almost I know mate it's mad right and f- five foot nine and a half inches national <laughs> average size thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> little Joe Cole ah <laughs> um, oh, no no it's a living uh, I mean I could I could talk forever uh, to you Alan honestly it, thank you so much for uh, for kicking off this podcast it with absolute class and style. Um, you know, you're a gentleman of the game, and and let me say, uh, you know, I'm hoping Harry goes to, goes abroad because I'd love that record <laughs> to stay forever. Cheers, Al. Thanks for coming, mate. Cheers, boys. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. What a guy, Joe. What a guy, Alan Shearer is, and, and what a what a first show. That felt uh, that that felt good for me. That felt good. No, that, that big battle. Like what a what a guy, and like you like you said, you could have gone on for. Could have gone on for hours talking to him. You know, he's, he's, he, he, he was one of my heroes. Um, you know, he's such a great guy. I wanted to ask him about management. Would he consider going back into that? You could have gone on forever. That. But no, good, good debut, big man. The, the link, the partnerships getting there. The link ups getting there. Mate, it's Davis you know and what? Cole, Shearer and Sheringham. <laughs> 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 it felt good. It felt good just to be in that sort of like the, the, the birth of something new, fresh. We'll be back next Thursday with myself, Joe Cole, and another great guest. You've been listening to All To Play For, a brand new podcast brought to you by Joe and Coral. See you later. See you later. You've been listening to All To Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. 